Pastor Jeff. Uh, my name is Dan Adams. I'm one of the pastors here, and I want to welcome each of you to the worship of our great God here at Redeemer. Uh, we're going to get started with a few announcements. Uh, first, this coming Saturday, uh, we are having a tailgate party uh, here at uh, the church with, with the uh, Michigan State uh, and the University of Michigan uh, football game uh, to show that. It is a BYOBBB event. That is, bring your own burgers, buns, and brats. Uh, and also be sure to invite some friends and neighbors. Uh, that should be a, a delightful time. No hurt feelings at all. Just great camaraderie. Uh, I, I, I thought this was, there's a lot more animosity here. I, maybe we can't even joke about that. Okay. So... Uh, also, uh, there is a, an upcoming Women's Fall event, uh, Beauty, Talents, and Values, oh my. Uh, that is November 5th. Uh, you can sign up, RSVP, through Breeze. You can find more information there on uh, the backside of, of Redeemer uh, News and Events. Uh, today, we have uh, Adult Sunday School here in class, but I'm actually going to be leading it, and both the middle school group and high school group will be in here as well. Uh, you can learn a little bit more about what we're covering with, with our middle school and high school catechism class, uh, looking at the decree of, of creation. Uh, so we'd love for you to, to join us for that. Middle school and high school uh, students, you should plan to be in here as well. And then our last announcement, which is kind of sad for me because it's related to uh, the Fall Fest and Chili Cook-Off. Uh, you'll know it's sad because I didn't win uh, I got, uh, I think the word is spanked, by uh, Duke Suwin won. He was not going to be here today, so we took his picture as the victor. Uh, the, the Bross family and uh, David Inting were tied for second. So there was a, a great showing. I think we had 13 chilies. And we actually raised $903 for youth missions and service trips. So it was a great event. I'm, I'm so glad we, we were able to, to hold that. And uh, so many families came out and enjoyed that time. Uh, so if you see Duke, uh, be sure to get the recipe. I think he said it's from Wendy's, though. So that might solve things for you. Those are all my announcements. Let's take a moment now and prepare to worship our God. This morning, we join not only with our, our own voices, but we join with the, 
the churches that worship our God together all around the globe, and even with the, ha- the angels in heaven themselves. And our call to worship this, this morning and congregational response comes from Revelation 19. Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him, small and great. Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory. Let's stand and give him the glory with come Christians joined to sing. his blessing on our service. Our great and glorious God, Lord, we are so delighted, Lord, that we can join with the unending chorus of the angels and the saints who have already passed into glory, Lord, praising your great and awesome name. Lord, the the mighty works that you have accomplished Lord, you are deserving of all of our praise, and we ask now, Lord, that you would strengthen us to this end. Lord, that you would, that you would allow us to sing, not merely with the lips of our mouth, Lord, but with the depths of our hearts. That we would offer a, a pleasing aroma in our, in our worship to you. And Father, as we do this, may, may we be refreshed May we be refreshed in your presence, for you are the God of all grace and goodness. 
And Lord, as we praise you, we are are conformed to your goodness. Lord, lead us to Christ and help us to see the sure salvation that we have in him. And even as he conforms us to his image by his spirit, Lord, we pray uh, that, that we would have joy in that. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's continue to praise with, oh, great God. seated. Our scripture reading for this morning is actually uh, coming from the Ten Commandments, uh, the law of God, where God reveals his holy character to us and and reveals uh, what his will for our lives is. And as we read these words, uh, let me remind you that this this law that God has given to us is, is fundamentally good. Uh, it's very easy to look at the law uh, with disdain uh, because it is a law. <laughs> and by nature, our hearts rebel against anyone telling us what we should do. 
And yet as we read these words, we're reminded that we, we break this law again and again in our, in our words and in our thoughts and in our actions. What it's meant to reveal to us is our great need for God to act, that God alone can fulfill his law because it reveals his character. And it reveals to us that we need a righteousness that comes to us from outside of ourselves, something that we could not produce. And in that way, it's gracious in that it drives us to our Savior, Jesus. So as we read these words, I would encourage you not to read these words in such a way that, that you are utterly condemned, uh, but read them in a way that points you to your Savior, Jesus Christ. So hear now the word of our God. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. So far, the reading of God's word. We now have a, a prayer of repentance from Psalm 119, verse 97. And let's recite this together. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Let's go to our God now and repent. Our gracious Lord, we draw near to you because you are indeed good and gracious and kind. And in your love for us, you revealed your holy will that we might know how to live in a manner that is pleasing to you. Lord, but we distort your law. We despise it very often because we view it as a way of of earning your love rather than seeing it as a way of, of us expressing our love for you. Lord, we thank you that, we have re that you have redeemed us in your son, Jesus Christ. 
that we have a freedom from the law as, as condemnation. And Lord, now that you are renewing us by your spirit, that we could follow after you. Lord, that we could see ourselves die to sin and live more and more in the spirit. We do pray that you would continue to convict us by your law. Lord, not that we uh, in shame would hide from you, but that we would come and freely confess to you our great need of grace. <coughs> and we pray, Lord, that, that you would set our hearts upon Christ. It's only in him that we have redemption. We pray these things in his name. Amen. <coughs> our promise of pardon comes from Galatians 5. Verse 1, and it's the good news of what we have in Jesus. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Let's stand and sing and celebrate the freedom that we have in Christ with mercies anew. seated. Please join me in a prayer of thanksgiving. 
Our God, your glory is evident to us in the beauty of your creation this morning. It is also evident to us in your word. And we read in Psalm 95, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with song, songs of praise. For the Lord is, is a great God and a great king above all gods. And we come to you this morning with the same desire, Lord, to sing your praises, to make a joyful noise to you, the rock of our salvation. We come into your presence with thanksgiving, for you are a great God, greater, greater than any ruler on this earth. In fact, you created every ruler that is on this earth. Lord, we are here because you formed and fashioned each one of us. And then, even more amazing, you made us to be your people, not because of anything in us, but because of your mercy and grace. Lord, you sent your only begotten Son into this world to die that so, so that we might have life. There is no greater love than this. Lord, we enter into your holy presence because of Jesus. We come before you with praise and much thanksgiving. O oh God, there is nowhere else that we would rather be. And so fill us this morning, we pray. Feed us from your word. And may the truths of your word penetrate deep within us and grant that your spirit will continue to transform us more and more to be Christ-like. Grant that we would not leave this place unchanged. We ask that you would bless now the tithes and offerings given as a token of our gratitude to you and bless the deacons as they disperse these offerings to the various ministries and may it all be for your honor and glory. Here as we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Well, before we come to a time in God's Word, we can uh, join our voices and our hearts together as we pray uh, for our brothers and sisters, both near and far. So let's go to our God. Our Father, Lord, we draw near to you this morning, thankful that we can call you Father, thankful that we can know that we have access through our great elder brother, Jesus Christ, who freely offered himself for sinners such as us. And though in and of ourselves we we would be too fearful to draw near, Lord, we have every confidence not only to draw near, to, but make our requests and, and know that you delight to hear them. And so, Lord, we boldly approach, we joyfully approach as your sons and your daughters in Christ. And Father, we do want to lift up our brothers and sisters, our community, uh, the various a- activities that we're involved with. Uh, Lord, and we thank you that we can do this. Father, we do pray for our brothers and sisters who are suffering uh, in this season. We think particularly of those who uh, are suffering from uh, some sort of physical ailment, Lord, a sickness, uh, maybe a disorder or a disease of some sort, Lord. We pray that you would grant them healing in their bodies, Lord, that you would deliver them uh, from these afflictions, Lord, that they they might sing of, of your great name, that you are the healer of your people. And we know, Lord, that that even if you choose not to heal in this life, you will ultimately heal your people in the resurrection. Lord, we long for that day, and we we pray that you would set all of our hearts in hope on that day. Father, we think of our sister, Mickey Kite, who is struggling with depression, Lord, and and understandably so, to lose her husband, Lord, in, in, in these circumstances, Lord, we pray that you would strengthen our sister. Father, please raise up your church to be of good encouragement to her. Lord, that she would know every comfort in this season and, and be encouraged. Uh, Lord, that, that you are the God who loves her and cares for her. Father, we, we thank you. Uh, we thank you for, for uh, the many good things that are uh, going on uh, among us as well. Uh, Lord, we thank you that, uh, that Everly Baker continues to, to grow and do so very well, and, and that, that Cassie is doing well as, uh, as well. Lord, we pray that you would uh, bless this family, and please uh, continue to give growth uh, to Everly, Lord, that she might be able to uh, come home soon. Uh, we thank you for the care that you have shown to her so far. Father, we thank you as well uh, for Caleb. Father, we pray that you uh, would continue to bless him as, as he pursues uh, this calling that you've placed on his life to be a, a missionary pilot. And we thank you for uh, the time that he had with Jars, and that went really well. Uh, please continue to bless him as, as he navigates the future. Uh, Lord, that, that, his, uh, that the, the north uh, star would, would be, uh, for him, would be uh, your word. And that he would be guided uh, into uh, the, the things that honor you uh, the most. We thank you for our brother and we thank you for the ways that you are blessing him. Father, we pray that you would be uh, near to Zach Francois. 
and uh, the MAF workers, Lord, as, as things have continued to deteriorate in Haiti, Lord, that, that there is just so much darkness in that country. Lord, please uh, shine your light there. P- Lord, pl- provide opportunities for your gospel to, to break through what seems to be a, a, an impossible situation, Lord. You are the God of, of the possible. So, Lord, please bring healing. Please, please bring freedom and justice and righteousness and, and show your gospel that your love may go forth in that land. land. And please use Zach uh, mightily for that purpose. Father, we, we do pray as well for, for Clarice as she awaits this, this surgery. Uh, Lord, please uh, continue to grant her hope and peace and patience as she waits. We pray the same for Gail as well. We thank you for our sister, for the ways that she has ministered to so many of us in the body. And we pray, Lord, that you would minister to her in this season. Father, we thank you for the many families here at Redeemer. Uh, for the, the, the husbands and wives, the, the parents and children. Lord, please continue to bless uh, the families. And we think especially of those expectant parents. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would give uh, each family wisdom to know how to fulfill the purposes that you call uh, each family to, that they would be a, a small community of, of love and hope, uh, that they would be a light to their community. Father, we pray for those who are unmarried as well. Lord, that, that they would have a family here in Redeemer, that, that we would have a, a joyous sense of our, our brotherhood and sisterhood in Christ. Lord, that we would uh, honor you in the relationships that we have and, and that all of us in our varied relations would, would point to the greatness of our Savior Jesus. Father, we pray for uh, our, our sister church mission, OPC, in Merrillville, Indiana. Lord, we, we thank you for uh, our brother, Ryan Cavanaugh, and for his faithful labors. We pray that you would continue to bless uh, this congregation uh, Lord, that you would knit them together in love, that they would be uh, a, a, a culture, a community driven around the gospel and your grace, and that that would be attractive to the surrounding uh, community. Lord, we thank you for uh, the many efforts they have been able to, to do, and we pray that you would uh, provide uh, funding for them, uh, continue to support them uh, in their work. Father, we we do lift up those who are in authority over us. We, we pray for those White House cabinet members that you have placed into their various offices, Lord. We thank you for your providential hand, and we pray that you would continue to uh, bless our country. Lord, bless those who, who are in leadership over it, that they would seek righteousness and justice, but, but also that they would seek to acknowledge you and honor you in their labors. Father, we do pray for the upcoming elections. Lord, we pray that your will would be done. Please be with, with each one of us, that we would honor you, Lord. And as we, as we seek to uh, discern the, what we should vote for, Lord, we pray that you would give us that wisdom and, and guidance to do so. Father, we pray for uh, the military personnel who are with us and those who are serving currently. Please bless them who are far off. 
from their families, Lord. We thank you for their sacrifice. And please continue to protect them and even grow them uh, in the work that they do. And Father, we we pray especially now for our sisters uh, who have been widowed in Nigeria. Uh, Lord, due to the violent attacks of of, uh, many of the Islamic uh, extremists there, uh, we think of uh, of these women who are fleeing and and uh, their their children, Lord, we pray uh, that we would have a, a true religion, as you speak of, that we would visit uh, widows and orphans in their affliction, uh, Lord. That that you we would be consistently lifting up uh, these these widows, these these orphans and children uh, who no longer have a father or maybe both parents. Uh, Lord, that, that this circumstance would not uh, leave them to doubt, Lord, but that they would uh, cling more and more to their Heavenly Father. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would use your church to care uh, for your church. And Father, there are many other requests, there are many other things that we think about, uh, needs that maybe not all uh, know, and we pray, uh, Lord, that you would be present in each of those circumstances, Lord. That your church might be built up and that your name might be glorified, Lord. We, we again just thank you for this, this time, this privilege that we have to draw near to you and lift up one another. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you would, turn with me in your copies of Scripture to John chapter 3. We're continuing through our morning series. Pastor Jeff and Pastor Jonathan have been moving through this book, and this is my first opportunity to, uh, to get to preach on John, and, and, and I'm super excited. This is a great passage, one that may be very familiar to some of us, uh, but I hope that as we come near to God's Word, uh, that we would still be open and receptive to the truth. John chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Hear now the word of our God. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I have said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? So far, the reading of God's word. Let's ask his blessing now. 
Father, as we draw near to your word, we pray that you would open the eyes of our hearts, that we might see the truth. Lord, open the, the, the ears of our soul, that we would receive this, this word with joy. Father, Father, please incline us to see the beauty and the delight of your word, that it would be sweet to us as honey, that it would not be bitter, Lord, but th- that we might be refreshed by your truth. Our God, we, we thank you for this time, and we pray that you would bless us in it. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, for some reason, it seems like the songs that tend to stick with you throughout your life are those that you heard when you were a junior or senior in high school. When I was a junior, the song Beverly Hills by the band of Weezer came out, and I heard it wherever I went. Those of you who don't know it, I promise not to sing it. But here's a few lines. It says, Beverly Hills, that's where I want to be. Rolling like a celebrity, living in Beverly Hills. Maybe you have heard that. And you would imagine, and as you would imagine, uh, the, the lead singer goes on to extols the, extol the many virtues of being a celebrity. Fast cars, a big house, and most importantly, someone else to clean all of it. All the earthly blessings and prosperity you could imagine. But the last verse takes a turn and the lead singer resigns himself saying, the truth is, I don't stand a chance. It's something that you're born into, and I just don't belong. No, I don't. I'm just a no-class, beat-down fool, and I will always be that way. I might as well enjoy my life and watch the stars play. Prosperity and blessing is just out of reach. Might as well just resign yourself to obscurity. Now this, this 2005 hit may feel very far away from an encounter in Israel 2,000 years ago, and yet this gets to the main idea of the interaction between Jesus and Nicodemus. But the stakes are much higher than the, in the song. The topic of conversation is not how do I receive all earthly blessing, rather the heart of the conversation is How can I enter the endless blessing of God's kingdom? Jesus' answer is that of Weezer's. It's something that you're born into. But instead of seeing this as bad news, like the song, I want to show you that in fact, it's the very best news that you could hear. You must be born into the blessing of the kingdom. I want to explore this good news with you by asking four questions prompted by this passage. Four questions that help us to see how being born into the blessing is the best news we could get. The first question is, who is this Nicodemus? Jesus we know, but who is Nicodemus? John tells us four things we need to know about Nicodemus. First, He is a Pharisee. Look at verse 1. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. And whenever we hear Pharisee, we, we, we take that immediately as a negative thing. That's not necessarily the case. The Pharisees were those who took the law and the righteousness of God 
seriously. The problem was is that many of them took it too far and thought the righteousness they could gain from the law would, would make them right before God. But compared to the Sadducees, they, they actually believed in the resurrection of the dead, something we believe in as Christians as well. We see not only was he a Pharisee, though, the second thing John notes is that he was a ruler of the Jews. And, and that, means, that doesn't mean that he was emperor, that doesn't mean he was governor, but he was a member of the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin was the Jewish judicial body. They didn't have a great deal of authority, but they still heard cases and handled disputes according to the law of Moses. These were skilled rulers and teachers. They, they knew what the law was about and could actually render judgment on the basis of that law. We see that the Sanhedrin is actually the body that, that, that delivers Jesus over to Pilate. So, so they did have a kind of authority, but they, they could not put Jesus to death. And this might explain why, why we see this third thing that John notes, that Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. Now this is no mere time marker. Obviously, whenever you go to do something at night, you're, you're trying to ob- obscure what you're doing. He's trying to hide himself in some way. But especially in the Gospel of John, when John notes what time of day it is, something spiritual is happening there. And so what we're meant to to draw a connection to is Nicodemus is one walking in the night rather than the day. Something is missing. Something is not quite there. And his statement to Jesus reveals that there might be more going on. He, He doesn't quite get it, but Something is taking place. And that's the fourth thing that John notes. John notes that, 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 that Nicodemus calls Jesus rabbi. That is, teacher. And he says that, that he is a teacher from God. And it's likely here that, that Nicodemus is, is thinking that, that Jesus is like one of the prophets anointed by God to deliver some sort of message. We also, he also notes that Jesus does signs that, that, that verify Jesus' claims in his message. Just as the prophets of old performed signs that, that proved their message was true... So, so likewise, Jesus performs signs and it, it points to his message is true. So he appears to be interested in Jesus. But these, these claims that, that, that apply to prophets, they, they don't go far enough to define who Jesus is. We see Nicodemus is an impressive man. Someone who who every parent would want their child to grow up to be, and yet it appears that he is missing something. He lacks some understanding. And before he can ask a question, Jesus gets to the reason for Nicodemus' nighttime visit. Look with me at verse 3. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, 
I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus, Jesus responds to the question of Nicodemus' heart before he can even ask. And Jesus' statement is a, a bit shocking, if you think about it. It should prompt in our mind two more important questions from our passage. The first is, what is this kingdom of God that Jesus is speaking about? And if you've ever read through the Gospels before, especially Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus is always talking about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Over 50 times Jesus talks or teaches about the kingdom of God in those three Gospels. But here in the book of John, this is the only time John records a a teaching about the kingdom of God. Whenever you come across the only time something happens in a book of the Bible, that should alert you to something important is happening. What is this kingdom of God? Well, it's not just that that Jesus made up this term kingdom of God. Jesus is actually reflecting on a great deal of Old Testament teaching that, that speaks to God establishing a kingdom at the end of days. We could think particularly of Daniel 7 or or Zechariah 9. I want to just focus in on one of these passages, Isaiah 9, verses 6 through 7. We typically read this around Christmas. I know I said the word, and I'm sorry, parents, but we can get a little taste of Christmas now, right? Isaiah 9. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of the peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The prophets envision a coming king whose everlasting kingdom will be marked by perfect peace, perfect justice, perfect righteousness, and unending prosperity. I think we all want to live in a kingdom like that. Imagine, no inflation. Incredible. It's so very far from our everyday experience. The prophets in Jesus want us to see again and again that kingdom life is the truly blessed life that we all deeply want and yet seems to elude us. That is what Jesus is telling Nicodemus. So even though kingdom of God only appears in this one place in John, it would not be inappropriate to read the kingdom of God when we see the phrase eternal life. When you see that in John, think kingdom of God. As Gerhardus Voss notes, the kingdom and life, that is life eternal, are interchangeable conceptions. Our Lord speaks of entering into life in the same sense as entering into the kingdom. They're synonyms. 
So if that is what the kingdom of God is life, it is eternal life, perfect life, we can understand why Nicodemus wants to know how to enter in. And that gets us to the second question prompted by Jesus' response to Nicodemus. What does it mean to be born again? Rather than describing something that Nicodemus must do or achieve, Jesus says that something must happen to him, namely, be born again. And again, that's not very straightforward as you see Nicodemus, you know, think through the dynamics of that. How am I, who is old, supposed to enter back into my mother's womb? Some of you moms, I'm sure that that's a horrifying thought to think through. But we see that Jesus fills this out. He explains it as he continues to to help Nicodemus in his bafflement. We should note, and, and you might see this if you have your copy of the ESV open, that there's a little note that says, born again could also be read as born from above. There seems to be a play on words, both born from above or born again, fit within context. And so that should lead us to believe that that there's some intentional wordplay going on. The idea is that we need, whichever way you go with this, we need new life, something that's foreign to us, to come into us. That's how we get into the kingdom. Jesus says, we need to be born of water. To be clear, this, this, doesn't, this isn't the biblical endorsement of the practice of water birth. If that's what you're into, that's good. But that's not what this passage is referring to. Rather, as Herman Bovink suggests, it is a birth that has the character of a renewal, a purification of which water is a symbol and confers the existence of a new spiritual life. So here we see a connection here with John's baptism, which was a baptism of cleansing and repentance. Jesus is highlighting that we need a new existence marked by purity and righteousness. We also see that he says that we must be born of the Spirit. And again, this this is the same idea Jesus is speaking to. In contrast to flesh and blood... Uh, We must be born of the Spirit. And this doesn't mean that the material world is bad or that our bodies are bad. If we must be born from above, we must receive new life from heaven. As Paul reflects in 1 Corinthians 15, the first man was from, from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven, as was the man of dust, so also are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Jesus is saying, what you are needing is not another natural thing to happen. Not something that comes about through the ordinary processes of the world. Rather, what you need in your life is something supernatural. Something divine to come into your life. Jesus elaborates on this to say that being born of the Spirit is not something that we affect. Rather, the wind blows where it wishes. And again, there's some wordplay here. Wind and Spirit are the same word in Greek. 
The wind blows where it wishes. The spirit goes where he wishes. We can't predict, nor can we contain the spirit. Rather, the spirit does as he pleases. It is according to his work, his exertion, not ours, that we would be born again. If we bring together all Jesus has said about being born again, we might summarize it this way. In order to enter the kingdom of blessed life, of God's reign, the Spirit must renew you spiritually from death to life. By nature, we are dead in the trespasses of our sin, each one of us. And you may look at yourself and say, well, I don't really feel dead. But spiritually, every one of us born into this life is spiritually dead. Even though our our outer selves are alive, we're dead in our innermost principle. And what we need is to be made alive within us. That's not something that we can affect. That's not something we can do. That has to be the sovereign work of God who is himself a spirit. We cannot earn our way into God's kingdom. We need God to intervene and cleanse us from all unrighteousness and holiness and unholiness and give us new life. That is what Jesus is teaching. That is that is what is driving this passage and that's the chief takeaway that we should have. And so that prompts a a fourth question as we reflect on these things. How is this the best news that we could receive? How is it the best news that being born into blessing is good for us? This is why. The endless blessing of the kingdom is not something that we bring about in our own work or our will. It is a work of the Spirit that we cannot control. We can't do anything to earn the kingdom. And thank goodness, because if it were up to us, we would fail. Each one of us, population of kingdom of God, one, just God, none of us. If it's up to us earning or meriting, we could never do enough because of our sin, because we're, we're spiritually dead. We can't do the spiritual good, and so we can't earn our way in. The kingdom is not accessible based upon our gender, our race, our nationality, our income, our zip code, our place of work, but on the sovereign working of God to change us. It doesn't matter who you are if the Spirit blows into your heart and renews your your spirit, then you belong. You belong to the kingdom. That is so unnatural, right? How many of us are kept out because of who we are? Maybe even circumstances outside of our control. We just don't belong. But through the work of God's Spirit, we can. We can belong. Not because of what we've done, but because of what He has done. And to be clear... While Christ's kingdom is manifested in this life in the church, 
Ultimately, the deep blessings of the kingdom do not come from being born of the flesh into a Christian family. They come by being born again by the Spirit. Every person needs spiritual uh, renewal. That includes you children. That includes you who were born into the church. We all need spiritual renewal to enjoy the deep blessing of the kingdom. Like a baby being born cannot contribute to its being born, neither can we contribute to our spiritual birth. It's something that has to happen to us. For every Christian, there is, as Colossians 1, 13 and 14 says, the Father has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That is why this is the best news that you could ever receive. It's not about you earning it. It's a gift of God's grace to you. Now, you might be hearing this and thinking, that doesn't sound like good, to, good news to me. That sounds scary. That's alarming. This can sound scary to us because it, it means that we're not in control. We are not the one in the driver's seat. It means that we are not the authors of our own destiny. Rather, God is. We are not the captain of our lives. We are not valiant victors and heroes. We are not the center. God is. For some of us, that that can feel so uncertain and, and maybe even a bit arbitrary. I know for a number of you, you grew up in a church where this teaching was not seen as good news to be delighted in, but scary news to be feared. It was used to question whether you could know if you were truly born of the Spirit, whether you were truly regenerated. So you were encouraged to question and fear and doubt. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this passage is not meant to lead us into greater fear, but greater freedom. Being born from above, being born of water and spirit is not some arbitrary whim of an unconcerned and unsympathetic king, but from the kind and compassionate, loving Father we have in heaven. Is it not as Jesus said in Luke 12, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The Father's good pleasure his delight to give his kingdom, the kingdom of blessing and life to his children. Because God loves us. The Father has given us the kingdom. And he did so in the death and resurrection of Jesus. Christ died so that we might live. Christ received the curse that we might receive the blessing. Christ the Son came as a son of man that we might be made sons of God. That's the logic of the incarnation, of the crucifixion and resurrection. And it is this resurrected Son, this resurrected King who ascended into heaven and abundantly pours out His Spirit into our hearts 
that we might be lavished with every spiritual blessing, including eternal life. So when this passage gets twisted to lead you to fear and sadness, brothers and sisters, you can trust that that isn't from your father. It's from the, from the father of darkness who intends to rob you of joy, to steal from you the freedom that you have, and to see you still functioning as if you were still in bondage. Your father loves you far more than that. This kind of doubt, especially when it was sown into your heart early and often, can be hard to shake. But let me encourage you again and again to look to Christ and see the ultimate sign of God's love for you. It's not about you being perfect. It's not about you earning God's love. He loved you and sent his son that you would belong. He did that for you. Not because you were worthy, not because you were pleasing, but because of his great love with which he loved you. That's why you belong. And if you, if you struggle in this area, let me encourage you. Month of December, in the evenings, we're going to be considering assurance. The assurance of salvation in the evening sermons. I, I would encourage you to come during that time. That, that you might have your faith encouraged. That you might cling more closely to your Savior Jesus. Now before I go... I want to speak to one last group of you, and that's those of you who find yourself in Nicodemus' shoes. Maybe you're unsure of what I've said, but you're intrigued. Maybe you have belonged to the people of, of the church for some time. Maybe you even consider yourself a, a bit of a teacher, and yet you are still baffled. You're still confused by Christ. Let me encourage you to draw near to Christ, to find out more of who he is. Keep seeking Jesus out through his word. Please come talk to, to one of the pastors or elders. We would love to tell you more of our, our gracious Savior. Jesus is not merely some good guy, not merely a good teacher, not just a prophet sent by God as we have seen in previous parts of the Gospel of John. He is God himself taken on flesh, and he has come full of grace and truth. And if you confess him as Lord and Savior of your life, if you were to renounce your sinful ways and receive the cleansing only Jesus offers, you too can enter the kingdom of God, and you can receive the blessing of knowing him for all eternity. What joy we have in Jesus. Let's go to him now. Oh, Father, how sweet it is to call you Father, that you have so set your love upon us that you have not forsaken us, but you have loved us and sent your Son, that we might be made sons of God in him. Father, we thank you for this joy and blessing. And we do pray that we would rejoice, that we would delight in the knowledge that we could never earn your love. We could never earn your blessing and favor. But because you loved us, you have qualified us. You have, you have, you have brought us into the kingdom. What joy that is. 
Father, we do pray that you would work that delight in our hearts. That we would not be a fearful and bitter and doubting people. Constantly questioning your love. But help us to see and help us to grasp the heights and depths. The lengths, the width of your love. That we might be built up further in the faith, Lord. That we would share this love with others. That we would, that we would encourage those Nicodemuses in our life. And, and we pray, Lord, for those who, who maybe have come or, or are listening online who, who are, are still seeking to understand. Lord, please honor their desire to draw near to you. Lord, grant them life eternal. Lord, we, we thank you that you freely and joyfully give the kingdom to your children, Lord. We thank you for this joy. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's stand and sing to this great God with blessed assurance. <laughs>
That song is so sweet to me. Uh, when I was growing up, my grandparents would bring me to church when I was very little. I don't have much recollection of what was said, but I remember this hymn. And let me encourage you, continue to sow those seeds in your children and your grandchildren. You may not know what you, what's going on, but may the Lord bless your children and your grandchildren. Look up and receive the blessing of your God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you.